on Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation. Orange Nation, Paulie Sebelius, Sal Manin. We just heard the Gary Gate press conference. John Wildhack uh, came out of witness protection, took a couple questions there also. Um, so, here's the deal. Sal, uh, Gary Gate, taking questions, talking about what it was like for him to get the job. Did you learn anything, or was there anything that stood out to you from that press conference? Yeah, the first thing that jumped out to me was when he immediately started talking about bringing the fun, the creativity, the pizzazz, the excitement back to SU men's lacrosse. And he was like, yeah, behind the backs, we practice that like every day. Now, again, when he's talking about the we, it's him, his brother, Tom Marichek. You're talking about all-time greats. But that's what Syracuse has typically been, a program that gets – four and five star and highly touted recruits are, you know, going back 30 something years, the Uber, Uber talented who turn out to be all time greats, but hearing him say, I want to get 20,000 plus in the dome. And I want us to be fun and exciting. And the program that is pushing the envelope in men's lacrosse, that's what jumped out to me. Cause you know, you hear stories. I obviously was, you know, didn't know Gary Gate or watch Gary Gate, you know, back when he was in an SU uniform. But you hear stories, and then now you can see the old clips on YouTube of when they had things working back in the the late 80s and even throughout the 90s once the Powells and Charlie Lockwood, you know, took the torch from Gary and they carried it for the next decade. So to hear him say, that's what I want, that's what we're going to do, that's what immediately excited me. I found it interesting when he said that we're gonna we're gonna practice those things. We're gonna practice the tw- trick shots. We're gonna, you know, like we did before. Do you think John Desco stopped doing that? Like, like I mean, I, I think a lot of it, especially the way Syracuse has run its offense for the last several years, if not a decade, it's that you didn't need to do that. So, uh, I mean, John Desco is still getting some of the best of the best, and so. I've seen plenty of guys. His own son was one of the best in recent memory in terms of having the behind the back, the between the legs, you know, bringing some of the box and Canadian Native American influence into the field game. So I don't think it was a matter of we don't practice. That's not allowed. I just think based on the offensive scheme that they've been running for the last several years, they haven't really needed to do something like that. Whereas with Gary, it almost sounds like that's part of the game plan. Like we're going to, you know, work on some of these things. And again, I think that's where it goes back to his roots in the box game, his roots from Canada, the fact that he's played, you know, all over the country and so many different kinds of lacrosse that, yeah, you got to be excited. And when he says, I want not just that on the field, but he wants that entire atmosphere I mean, this is where I would have to defer to, to you, Steve, and, and some of the other folks up there. I don't know what it's like when the Carrier Dome itself is rocking for a lacrosse game. I've been to championship weekend, and I've seen what kind of electric atmosphere that's been. But really the only game that stands out to me, and I was up there for almost 15 years, and there were a lot of really good Syracuse teams but the only men's lacrosse game inside the dome that jumps out to me was about 10 years ago. I remember they played Virginia 
and it was I think one of them was one team SU was number one in one poll and Virginia was number one in the other poll or they were one two so it was like the matchup it was a Friday night game and there was like 14 or 15,000 I was like oh my god I didn't know that they had college lacrosse like this outside of championship weekend but if they can get back to something similar where there's 15 20,000 for lacrosse games during the regular season I mean now you're talking about a gigantic edge in terms of home field advantage all right we'll take a quick time out we got to get caught up here we'll break down a little bit more of the the press conference we won't get into Gary Gate wearing a very weird orange sport coat to to his press conference <laughs> do I need to ask you for your fashion advice on his uh on his sport coat would you think of his See, orange sport coat he can get away with that. He can get away with that. You, me, or Steve try that. It's not happening. <laughs> I, I think he's the only one, right? Because uh, yeah, him and him and Coach Q. I wouldn't attempt it. We'll be back right after this on ESPN Radio and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio ninety-seven point seven at one hundred point one. This is Orange Nation. Orange Nation, Polly Sebelia, Sal Manin on the Thursday edition of Orange Nation. For those of you that don't know what day you're listening. Uh, Sal, let, let's do one final hit on the uh, Gary Gate press conference. John Wildhack took a couple questions there at the end. Uh, says that they, they had, he's, they're sticking to the, we had the discussions and John decided himself that... It was time to go. Uh, are you anywhere closer to believing that, or is it? Uh, yeah, are you in the same spot where you were before on that? Probably in the same spot. That's one of those things that I'm sure only the parties involved know what really what did go down in the room where it happened, and they're probably not going to share that anytime soon. But Coach Desco, if he's at peace and and happy with it, then. You know, tip of the cap to him for what is deservedly a Hall of Fame career. But it's it's hard to jive with the fact that, what, a month ago he was telling all reporters, yeah, I'm planning to be the coach next year. And a week or week and a half ago, he was down on Long Island recruiting. But, again, I, I've never come close to, obviously, the achievements of uh, John Desco, let alone that I could think about, all right, I, I need to retire. So I don't know how any of that works. But, yeah, it's still the the timeline just seems weird that it's seemed so sudden and so abrupt. The other thing I noticed a lot of people on the Internet were saying, Twitter and our Twitch chat were upset that John Wildhack was saying that. He's got to say that. You know, he's not, you know, He's not just going to come out and go, no, I fired him, told him he had to retire. You know, that's yeah. not how it works. It, he may be lying to us, but it, it's a common, it's a professional courtesy. It's not like a malicious lie to us. Yeah, and that is one, one of the things that always kind of jumps out at me when, you know, I understand why everybody, whether it's fans, reporters, whoever it may be, want answers to various questions sports, but it's like, Sometimes you have to understand, yeah, in a news conference setting like this, 
Uh, of course, he's not going to come out and say, no, I forced him out or I, I forced Gary Gate on him or anything like that. So uh, I'm fine with what, what he said. I understand how and why he said it the way he did. And again, at least right now, all the parties involved, Desco, Gate, Wild Hack, they're all saying the right stuff. They all seem to be at peace with the decision that was made. So. All right, let's keep firing these commercial breaks because uh, we are behind. <laughs> we'll take another one right now. We'll come back and maybe do a little bit of uh, buy or sell or sound check, whatever Jordan's got on the rundown for us, and we'll break away from this topic on ESPN Radio and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. It's time to get you what you need to hear. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. I don't give a <laughs> what you or anybody else thinks. Chris started out great. I mean, he's, he played great. Great. Golden delicious. That's a five-star apple. And now we can't get him to play bad. We'd like to get him to play bad. That would be a step up from where we are. But we played in, in some really tough ones over my years, you know, playing at Alabama. Then playing in the dome at UTSA. Today's sound check on Orange Nation. The longest open in history of radio, a sound check, our segment where we hear hear the news. As you I would have a question the- for Jordan. Can can he name that song and who who is performing just now? Oh no. I, I Party on Fifth Ave by Max samples it, but I the original don't have it. I'm sorry, Sal. Paulie, what are you doing? Who are these people you're employing up there? Can we just do sound? I, I am so fed up with Jordan today that I, I just want to get the sound check over with. Is that why you ignored me the first three times I asked you what we were doing when we were in the studio a few seconds ago? I said, you said, let's do sound check. Oh. And I, when you say, hey, let's do sound check, that's the best thing. We'll do it. All right, what do we got in sound check? We're talking all about doctoring baseballs because that is the story right now. And it's a little beef between Garrett Cole, Yankees pitcher, Josh Donaldson, who has been the person to come out and finally tell everyone about Garrett Cole and the rest of the MLB's dirty little secret. Um, So that's the beginning of the beef. And for some context, let's just hear Josh Donaldson's comment first. With Garrett Cole, he was the first guy to pitch since the suspensions had happened, and he's the first guy that you could see spin rates going down. So, Donaldson and Garrett Cole well, are not friends, and that came into play when the Yankees played the Twins last night. I, I think this was, I mean, it's been noted with Donaldson's not saying anything at a school there. It, it's, I read a story yesterday that had it charted about who, who, who it's affected the most in the past couple weeks and it was Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer and that clip is is from a little bit back just for context so it has been detailed a little more since then all right cool thanks (laughs) so before this story's Uh, over though like they faced each other Cole struck him out twice didn't hit him you know I I don't know what more you want us to say that's another thing this whole I don't want to get hit by pitches is the dumbest take from the players I've ever heard. You're not, they, they've been throwing baseball since they were 
nine years old. They're not all of a sudden just going to lose control at the major league level because they don't have stick them on their finger, right? I don't know. There's there's some guy. Yes, I'm sure a veteran like Garrett Cole or guys like Jacob Degrom. Them, I don't have questions about. But there's some young guys, especially now that everybody throws so hard that they get called up and they don't quite know where it's going. So I could see why, uh, up until it got so bad the last few years, I could see why. Some batters are like, I don't mind if they need to do something to get a little better grip. What else you got for us, Jordan? Well, so we're trying to take you chronologically through this story. So from before last night's Yankees-Twins game, one Michael Kay had a solution as to what he would tell his pitcher to do. I'll tell you what, what Michael Kay the player would do, and listen, I'm not advocating, please don't think I'm advocating for it, but I think Chris Garland said at the end of the show yesterday with us, Josh Donaldson getting one right in the ribs for opening his mouth. Well, why, why, why are you jumping me? Even Cole said that that was low-hanging fruit because he's got he's the guy with the big contract. He's getting one right in the ribs in the first inning. Right in the ribs. You want to talk? Try talking with a broken rib. So a lot of people on the internet had issues with Michael K saying this. It's- well, yeah, because it's a stupid take. Okay. You don't you don't hit a guy for calling like he was cheating and everybody knew it. Like I I, I don't get I don't get it. it well, and honestly, if you're being accused of cheating, you do what Garrett Cole did. You don't go out and hit the guy. You prove, no, I don't have things on my fingers. I'm not using any sticky stuff tonight, and I still struck you out, yeah, which he, is what he did the first two times he faced him. Like, if I'm being accused of cheating, even if it seems like in this case Garrett Cole was cheating, I want to go out and show that I can do it fair and square and everything on the up and up, not hit a guy go, all right, well, you still haven't gotten me out without spider tack. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I You're not hitting the guy in there because it's true, especially after that horrible answer to the question from the press. You know, he didn't lie. It's accuse you of doing something you didn't do. He, you're you're busted. And you you basically admitted it at a press conference with your stupid inability to answer a yes or no question. What else you got? So Garrett Cole really did dig a hole for himself with that awful answer at the press conference that you just alluded to. But as Sal was kind of just saying there, we all know Garrett Cole's got electric stuff. He might not need the spider tack. And former MLB pitcher Rob Dibble kind of agreed with that sentiment, and he doesn't think Cole needs extra help either. Garrett did exactly what he should do against Donaldson, strike him out and give him an 0 for 3 and send him back to the dugout dragging his bat. I mean, I think it's laughable. I watched the game. Cole was throwing in the sixth inning 100 miles an hour. Uh, His knuckle curve was unhittable, and he doesn't need spider tack to destroy these guys. So why is he using it then? Rob Dibble, the guy who beamed a guy running to first base. (laughs) He's like the worst guy to go to in a situation like this, right? (laughs) Rob Dibble's take, really? it's, it's, It's not unlike steroids, though. I mean, how many people looked around and said Barry Bonds was going to be a Hall of Famer without steroids? He didn't need to take steroids. Same with Roger Clemens, who was going to go down as one of the greatest pitchers of all time. He did not need to take performance enhancing drugs. So it's one of those things that is so pervasive in baseball, though, from the sounds of 
reading the Sports Illustrated article, obviously the way Garrett Cole got so tongue-tied, and even Aaron Judge last night in his post-game news conference was like, yeah, like 95% of pitchers are doing something. So that's why these guys do it, even though they probably don't need to. Just as I'm sure now that if MLB does seriously adjudicate this, which I hope they do, Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer and all the other great pitchers are going to find a way to still get guys out. All right, last one of the segment. Yeah, so we've talked enough about the Yankees, but Pete Alonzo, he's doing some conspiracy theories, snooping detective work. Uh, Pete Alonzo with the Mets says that he thinks MLB is altering the baseballs based on the upcoming free agency cycle. So he's saying that they would have deadened the balls this year because there are going to be a lot of position players trying to make money in this upcoming season, and this is his thought. I don't want 99 slipping out of someone's hand because they didn't have enough feel for it. I think that the the biggest concern is that uh, Major League Baseball manipulates the baseballs year in and year out depending on the free agency class or guys being in an advanced uh, part of their arbitration. So I do think that's a big issue, um, the ball being different every single year. I'm not going to get deep into the conspiracy side of it, but – it should be the same every year. Whether Wait, I'm confused as to the point he's making. He's trying to so, say that baseball admitted they deadened the ball this year, and he's saying that they deadened the ball because there's a bunch of guys that well, are yeah, coming into free agency this year. And that they juiced them last yeah, year. Yeah, but the way he... Looking for money. The way, yeah. So it sounds like the way he was wording it, that he thinks that MLB is seriously sitting there going, oh, man. Aaron Judge and Pete Alonzo and Fernando Tatis, they got all they got big deals coming up. We need to deaden the ball. That's exactly I, that doesn't make Yeah, it's a stupid That doesn't take. make sense to me. It's a dumb yeah. take. No, they The they, reason they deaden the ball is because like a year or two ago, a lot of pitchers, including Hall of Famers like Justin Verlander, were very vocal about the ball's different. I've been doing this for twenty some odd years. The ball's different and all these guys are hitting home runs. So they just can't get it right. Yeah, they just need to get pick a ball and stick with it. We'll uh, take a quick time out here. Uh, we'll come back, maybe break down a little uh, NBA, and we'll have Michael Vaccaro on from the New York Post, talk a little New York sports with us. Maybe we can ask him about Pete Alonzo and his tinfoil hat uh, that he's got going on about the baseballs. We'll be back after this on ESPN Radio Syracuse and Utica and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation. Wild, wild west. Orange Nation back, Polly Sebelia Salmanine. We are. Uh, Kind of catching up today after the Gary Gate John Wild Hack press conference. The welcome to Gary Gate as new head coach of Syracuse men's lacrosse team. We'll get uh, we'll just do a quick hitter here, Sal, as we uh, will have Michael Vaccaro, lead sports columnist of the New York Post, on next. Uh, Suns blew out the Nuggets last night. Uh, that series pretty much over, right? You would have to think so. I mean. I think it only changes if Michael Porter Jr. goes out there and is truly special somehow the rest of the way, but I don't see this Nuggets team 
going out and winning what four out of five they would have to at this point to so i don't i don't see that the way that they've been playing and credit to to deandre ayton for his ability to hang in there in the post with everything that we know jokic can do and look cp3 went healthy there's a reason they call him the point god and i saw it up close here in houston a few years ago he was the difference for that Rockets team against that vaunted Warriors team until he got hurt. And he went out and showed it last night, 15 assists and no turnovers. And everybody knows how good of a shooter and scorer Booker is. And so unless the the Nuggets can find something magical that can happen, I mean, they just had no answer at all for what Phoenix was able to do. All right, one more quick one here. Nets Bucks, a game you can catch right here on ESPN Radio tonight in Syracuse. Nets up two nothing. Harden out again. Any shot for the Bucks in this one? I find it hard to to give them a shot given the way that KD's playing. Because we said it yesterday, when he's healthy, he's the second best player. Or you could put him just a sliver below LeBron. Like when he's at his game, and don't forget, he outplayed LeBron. When they the first two times they met in the NBA Finals in 17 and 18, so KD healthy and as locked in as he's looked so far, I have a hard time picking that Bucks team, and especially because what they've relied on the last several years is obviously they have Giannis and two-time MVP, and we all know how great he is, but it's that they play defense so well and. The Nets have been able to figure out how to get the shots they want, and part of it is not just that they have Katie and Kyrie, two of the best scorers out there, but they move the ball, and they're able to get Joe Harris and so many, Blake Griffin, so many of their complementary pieces involved that it opens things up for Katie and Kyrie. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I don't think that the Bucks are climbing out of an 0-2 hole. All right, we'll take our uh, another final, uh, not another final, our our final timeout that will get us caught up on where we should be in the show. Michael Vaccaro, lead sports columnist of the New York Post, up next on Orange Nation on Twitch Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio ninety seven point seven at one hundred point one. This is Orange Nation. Orange Nation, Pauly Sibilia Salmanine in for the vacationing Steve Infanti. First time uh, all week with Steve out that we didn't see him either at a press conference or on the air here yeah, with I, us. I didn't hear him or anything, right? He was not there. He, he was, was actually he, away from work. Yeah, he must have been off. Sal, guess what? Every Thursday in June, July, and August, we have a thing called Picnics at the Park at Onondaga Lake Parkway. Uh, food trucks, they'll have the dollar samples that you're missing from Taste of Syracuse this year. All the live local music from past Taste of Syracuse. Can reserve a picnic area up to ten people at tasteofsyracuse.com. Picnics in the park. Sal, you know it's been. This is kind of old news, but I, I didn't get into it. Did you watch the Friends reunion? I actually did, even though I did not watch Friends when it was on back in the day. But it was one of those things that someone in the house had it on, so I saw a good portion of it. How was it? Was it like I? I occasionally caught episodes of it, but like I saw people getting emotional. Yeah, 
you might you might think it's good or bad if you watched the show, but I never watched Friends back when it was on. Like you just said, I saw it at times when it was on TV or like, you know, my brother or sister watched it, but I didn't like every week had to watch Friends. Like I know their names, I know they all like date each other at points, but I can't like recall specific episodes the way you can with Seinfeld or The Office or something like that. Yeah, I just found it really weird because I would be trolling or, yeah, I guess I'm a troll on the social media, uh, and people were getting very emotional about it, and I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I don't think there's a TV. Is there a TV show that would bring you to tears if it reunited? Like, I don't know if TV show, no. I mean, there's shows that I would, like, watch if they did a reunion-type deal. I mean, I guess the one that I most would have been excited for was Sopranos, but obviously that would not involve the late James Gandolfini yet. So I don't know that I'm coming to tears with any TV show. I, I think so. Maybe, maybe the award-winning Orange Nation television version. <laughs> I can say that I can say that the TV version of Orange Nation was award-winning because of me, there, Polly. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! By the way, the I think Seinfeld owes us a reunion because of how bad the, the the series finale was. Yeah, but knowing all the characters involved, like just their personalities, it's not going to be what you want it to be. Like I'm, I'm fine if Seinfeld doesn't do a reunion, Ooh. and they kind of already did one on Curb a few years ago, and it was just kind of like, all right, you know, I don't need to sit there and see them pretending to cry or remember this. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. I love just flip on Hulu or something and watch old episodes. I don't need to see a Seinfeld tear jerk fest. All right, here we go. Uh, Polly's final thought of the day. I've been. Uh eating a lot of Mexican food, going to Mexican restaurants lately. No, uh, you haven't. I have. I have been. No, because you, you live in Central New York, so that's I, not I know. Mexican I, I, grew, I grew up in San Diego. I get that. I get that. I actually went to Azteca and Camillas yesterday. Got to go chimichanga. Like, if I'm going Mexican food, I'm doing chimichanga no matter what. That, that's my recommendation to everybody. Don't just get a burrito. Go chimichanga. Get 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 it deep fried. No fajitas is how you properly evaluate Tex-Mex. Which yeah, well, again, that's, you can't do because you're up there. That's Tex-Mex. I'm saying Mexican. You got to go chimichanga. Beef, beef, cool. chimichanga. Great, great, great thought there. Yeah, <laughs> way to end the show on a high note, Polly. All right, thinking about you scarfing down chimichangas. We'll be back tomorrow with more Orange Nation.